Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Why Are People Listening to This? It is a special podcast where we discuss music as it appears in popular culture today. Wow. And, strangely enough, this week in the past as well. Yes. Because, Justin, my friend here, Justin, we are once again Mm. victims of Stranger Things. Of the Duffer Brothers. Yes. Who have great taste in 80s music. Yep. Not only did they, you know, bring back Kate Bush from the depths of obscurity in her castle in England (laughs) in a haze of marijuana smoke. (laughs) But Metallica... They made them less annoying somehow. ...has come back with Master of Freaking Puppets... Yeah. ...because of that one epic, amazing scene in the season finale... Yes. ...of season four of Stranger Things... Right. ...the most popular show in the world, um, from what was once the most popular band in the world from before they were popular. This is such a cool thing... Yeah. ...because... Master of Puppets was, uh, I think, their third Metallica's third studio album. Mm-hmm. It was their last album with Cliff Burton before he? he died. He was their bassist. Okay, and he's, I think, one of the greatest rock bassists that ever lived. All right. If you ever listen to the ISO tracks of the bass parts of Master of Puppets, it's really interesting. Okay, to listen to when he plays the guitar riffs and when he doesn't play the guitar riffs and he plays like weird like shadows of them it's kind of strange the bass in metallica has always been a source of controversy because a lot of times you know if you go and listen to the black album Mm -hmm. which is their big 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 record like there's not a whole lot of bass coming out of the speaker it's kind of like a lot of guitar oh yeah yeah you know and that's the bob rock thing but anyhow bob rock was a producer children and he's produced a lot of seminal metal and rock and pop albums and, and has done a lot of great stuff in his career. But also ruined Metallica eventually. But anyhow. <laughs> Jake, it's too bad you don't have anything to say about this. No, well, I'm not a big thrash metal guy, but like... But, but apparently I learned from you before we started that you could play this song all the way through. I did know the entire song all the way through when I was younger, yes. Which is fascinating because it's yeah. not... Like, metal is a very specific thing. And most people yeah. are sitting around the campfire not playing Kumbaya. Metallica. But they're, you no, know. They're, yeah, it's like, hey, have you heard this Beatles song? And yeah, exactly. Like, hey, Jude. So I like, could yeah, see a scenario where you did that and, and then you bled yeah. into jazz. But like, I wouldn't have pegged you as a metalhead. Well, I, I was not when like when this... I had friends who were metalheads when this was happening. And I thought the music was too aggressive okay. uh, uh, for me. I wasn't an angry enough teenager. But I did come to Metallica's... Later stuff, like earlier stuff, later in life. Sure. Like in the later part of the 90s when they were releasing more um, watered-down versions of thrash metal, like St. Anger and and all these sorts of things. And I have a a good friend, shout out to Don, who probably doesn't listen to this podcast, who was the biggest Metallica head that I knew. and, and, And he was always very excited when a new Metallica project would drop. And then we would like, he would... All right, we're gonna to listen to Ride the Lightning and Justice for All, and then we're gonna like listen to all of them and listen to the new record and compare and contrast. And sometimes he was met with great disappointed disappointment. Sometimes he was met with apathy, you know. <laughs> and sometimes he was like, "No, this is good, and I like this." And and what is Master of Puppets to a metalhead or Metallica nerd? So this is this would be like the heyday period of thrash metal 
before they quote unquote sold, sold out, out and made like MTV and stuff. then became yeah making like millions and millions of dollars. This is an interesting period because I I feel like metal in the early eighties when it was still not mainstream mm-hmm. and it was like you know Ozzy biting the head off of bats and and all this kind of stuff. It would be like like portrayed in Stranger Things. Like yes, if you were a it was metal like, person, yeah, you were oh, yeah, yeah, you were in this, you were in this social block. Like that's not music. Right. It's like, like yes, it is. Oh yeah, no, 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 you don't like Michael Jackson and Madonna, then and you're listening to Metallica and Anthrax and Slayer you're a and Megadeth. Person. Like you're yeah. listening to the holy, the the, the Mount Rushmore thrash metal, Me- <laughs> Megadeth, Slayer, Anthrax, Metallica. Sure. Like then you're you're weird. Yeah. You know, like it's like, and you play Dungeons and Dragons. You're you're, you're obviously a Satan worship yeah. Satanist, right? Which is how it's portrayed in Stranger Things. Which was exactly how it was, yeah. by the way. And that's how it was. 100%. Layton, it was 100%. <laughs> yeah, I played Dungeons and Dragons in the 80s, and I think my parents were a little worried about that. Same. But they didn't, you know, whatever. I'm 43, and I still play Dungeons and Dragons, so what the fuck? <laughs> and they're probably still worried. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing later? <laughs> no. <Yeah. laughs> um, no, but when I, when I was um, an adult, I use that term loosely, and I was no longer in school. I was between degrees. And I, I taught guitar lessons for a living. I did it for a couple of years. And uh, much to my delight and surprise, a lot of kids wanted to learn Metallica riffs. Mm. They didn't want to learn Metallica songs. Yeah. Yeah, that, I know. That, they that's just wanted... way too much effort because, uh, as you'll see in this song, there's so much happening. They just wanted to go They wanted to learn the first. Yeah, they want to learn the first little part. Then they want to kind of learn... That's the second sort of thing. That's so hard to play. Yeah. That like no, you like they stop at the bump, 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 bump. Yeah. Because <laughs> that part is like, you can see. In their, in the songwriting of this song, they were thinking genre, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, womp, 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 womp. The horns up, you know. It's like, and everybody goes like, fuck yeah. Yeah. And, the, and everybody going the head banging and like and people starts, like throwing yeah. themselves off the stage and shit like all that stuff that went with 80s thrash metal like this ticks every box whoop 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 whoop, sure. whoop. and you can see and, and, and you can draw a direct line from this 10 years previous to 10 years in the future like this particular album like mm-hmm. the whole album not just this song I I think that this is my favorite Metallica song. A lot of people prefer Ride the Lightning or Injustice for All, like in terms of those first those first real thrashy yeah. metally records, not not pop records. Like this is my personal favorite. Orion, Battery, like all these great songs that are on the record. But this is back when like this was played on the radio and instrumental tracks. Like they, they this was a big part of that genre of music and uh, but it's so yeah composed like musically composed by guys who don't read music but like each section is meticulously well, crafted so let's talk about that because this song like i know i knew of this song i was not a metal person right uh i knew it from mtv later on when it was more melodic and you could sing along to it mm-hmm. um but then i had metalhead friends especially when i went to sweden where everyone is yeah still yeah. every child yeah. is born with a, a tiny little like flying pointy guitar guitar and they're, <laughs> and they're learning all the, right and so i had friends who were super into it and i couldn't yeah. help but be listening to it incessantly yeah and um and it is uh complicated the, the number one thing you get listening to this first of all it's like eight minutes long yep there's a crap ton of sections and they're yep. all the tempo changes incessantly the grooves change the tempo changes the meter changes from the from the jump yeah like 
Um, the keys change. Yeah, it's there's crazy. a lot of chromaticism. There's a lot of extended guitar techniques, like pinch harmonics yeah. and whammies and uh, wah wahs. There's two great guitar solos. Yeah. Um, and there's like uh, obviously the song ha- is you know. Obey your master, your life burns faster, you know, all these sorts of, like, kind of, like, imagery, evocative imagery. So, like, musically, it seems difficult. And so a lot of people just dismiss uh, metal and thrash metal as just, like, garbage. You're just making a lot of noise or whatever. But I was seeing, strangely enough, I saw an interview with Lemmy, like, from Motorhead Lemmy, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, from, like, 50 years ago. May he ago. rest in peace. Yeah. Uh, and and there was a stupid interviewer who was saying, like, this isn't really music. And he's uh, like, well, what do you know about metal? You probably don't listen to it. And they're like, uh, yeah, but I can just tell it's not music. It's like, well, you don't know what you're talking about. And so yeah, Lemmy, yeah. who's, first of all, a really cool guy and very articulate, mm-hmm. was trying to explain to them, metal is, is very difficult music to play. And this song has to be a poster child for whack-ass complexity like no you can't casually listen to this nope you have to be like thinking so hard there's certain parts of this song where you can just bury your head down and just like rock out like this song has so many different areas where you just like just you can not you you, you just like ah you know you get the the visceralness of it Mm -hmm. and then there's this well okay there are several times on this podcast where I have criti- criticized songs mm-hmm. as being two or three songs just mashed together. Yeah, and this you is know, like, like ten songs mashed this together. This is like ten songs <laughs> crafted together. But that's it. Like it doesn't there are sound musical wrong. transitions. Yeah. There are the the, the the keys are all related to each other and make sense. The the drummer Lars Alders mm-hmm. like leads the band through them and the way that it was recorded and the level of the musicians at the peak of their skill, I feel, this mm-hmm. is the best Metallica ever was in terms of everybody being able to play. Yeah. Um, this is not a... Uh, this is a fast song. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things happening. There's lots of intricate sort of parts. And they had to rehearse the shit out of this. And sure. they still play it today. Like, this is their opener or their first encore, I think. Okay. It depends okay. on their... Like, they, they have to keep this up. These yeah. guys are 60... Yeah, except for their bassist now, who's probably in our age. But like, you you can't just like you, you can't just like let's try master puppets. Like, because the second time that you f it up, everybody's just like, oh hey, that's not exactly what Kurt played or oh yeah you know, or, or Hatfield played or whatever. Like, it's like it's, a, it's like an orchestra in the sense that like this is if, this is you, this is like an Opus Magnus of thrash metal symphony exactly. number one kind of level of difficulty for that musical style and lots of people have written more complicated stuff and faster stuff and heavier stuff but catchier mm. like this is this has so many elements to it that people can connect to and it's mostly to do with energy so there is an energy that exudes mm. from the recording right and it just comes out and grabs you by the throat and says you and I <laughs> going are journey. going on a journey <laughs> together. Right. S- pay attention, rock out, like mm-hmm. get do it, like drive <laughs> faster. I don't care, oh, you know. Turn, you know, but turn your phone off and let's fucking go. Like, yeah. and then they take you through all of these transitions, through, through all these things musically for eight minutes, and at the end of it, you're like, wow. And you put it back on uh, again, and then you want to either <laughs> listen to it again or you're like, what's next? Because it's the first track on the record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it goes from like. Stop time, dun, 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 dun. and you're like, 
<laughs> you know, like the first time I heard it, like I remember, like, wait, what's happening? I'm like, wow, cool. And then it gets into the second sort of like, and I'm just like, that sounds hard to play. And it is. And a passion play. I'm just like, whoa, what's like, already I feel like I've just been like through so much. And we're like, like one minute, I'm one minute into the song. And then there's another section, and it's in halftime, and with uh, what we would call composite meter. So uh, uh, regularly, the song is mostly in 4-4 time, standard common time, like 1, 2, 3, 4 beats per minute. But uh, when you get into the the first verses, there are mixtures of meters, compounding meters, from 4-4 to 5-8, and then there's in the in the what we would call the chorus you, mm-hmm. you know of the song it's pretty hard to kind of label it that way because yeah. there's so many yeah. different sections to the song but that section comes back the most you know you're falling faster your life burns faster obey your master 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 of puppets i'm pulling your strings you know see i still know the whole song kind That's of thing right. right like that would be if i had to call something a chorus it would that would be the chorus sure but that goes through Four four two four 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 six four three four whatever it goes through all of these different variations of duple meters like e- divisible by two okay like you can divide the divide the meters in half but it gives it this unsettling feeling which fits the lyric of the song you know what I mean yeah yeah but also is like hard to play a hundred percent like it's hard to pull that off consistently night after night after night and then after probably four minutes of this the whole bottom of the song drops out and of it a, and it goes to this slow melodic ballady thing. choral ballady thing with a little guitar solo and you can and it's like where did they get that from mm-hmm. <laughs> zeppelin yeah yeah for sure like i i i play this song to my popular music class um after i play them stairway to heaven mm-hmm and I was like, this is Stairway to Heaven. You've all heard probably the first part of this song and maybe the last part, the guitar solo, because it's a classic guitar solo. But that song does the same thing. It goes through all of these moment, motions, all of these different sections, generally in the key of A minor or the key of C. They don't really go as far as Metallica goes. But yeah. there's also 10 years in the difference, well, more than that, 12 or 13 years in the difference for the song. Music moves forward. And you go through this gigantic journey, and you get to this epic ending, and that stairway to heaven. And like, you like, I know that that those guys were listening to that shit growing up. Yeah. And how could that have not had a Sunk huge in, impact yeah. on it, right? They were like, maybe like I'm sure that if you talk to, you know, the guys in the band, they you know they're like, yeah, we listened to a ton of Zeppelin and Sabbath and and uh, Hendrix and all these early metal pioneers, Cream, mm-hmm. you know, and their songs had multiple sections, and that's how they dealt with that compositionally, and it became idiomatic mm-hmm. to the genre of metal that, that was being born in the '70s. Most people don't look at it that way, but that's where it started. The first reference to the term heavy metal was written in a magazine review of Jimi Hendrix. Really? For what? What was he doing? They said they said that Jimi Hendrix sounds like a piece of heavy metal hitting the floor. That's interesting. Yeah. Huh. I don't know. I I think it might have been Rolling Stone, but I I don't know. Somebody wrote a review of a. That's where the term metal comes from. Heavy metal. Heavy metal. That's the first time it was used in print related to music. Was a Jimi Hendrix, and obviously Hendrix's obviously influence. 
is can't be can't be overstated or, or, or sure. you know because it's it's obvious but uh, but really the first heavy metal band that ever existed that made anything happen was cream cream because they were doing they were doing that as well instrumental heavy loud big martial amps mm-hmm. you know and multi-section pieces and large long sort of things that happened and how that would influence hendrix and how that, that makes hendrix yeah. would influence everybody else that came after him and Obviously, if you listen to Cream and then you listen to Metallica and you're like, that's a pretty big stretch. But I'm just saying that in terms well, of the lineage, it, yeah. I can draw a line back. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then well, Lars didn't. And then, but Lars will say that Ginger Baker was the first metal was, drummer who oh. was the drummer for Cream. Oh, well, that's the thing. Like, a metal didn't come out of nowhere. No, it, it, it had to be coming from somewhere. So you should be able right. to know what it is. Yeah, yeah. But but the the thing about this level of metal, right? This type of thrash metal mm-hmm. is that you can't have that without prog rock. Like well, the the, the need for my... virtuosity, yeah. the use of combined meters, yeah. and uh, the long of the goddamn long songs. Yeah. <laughs> long song forms. Like live, I'm sure this song live the studio version of the song is eight minutes long. I'm sure this the live studio version of the song. Like when they play it live, it's like 19 minutes long yeah. because Kirk Hammett's going to stretch out on the guitar solo, and then there's maybe going to be a drum solo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. they because like you're not going to play this song the same way for 40 years. Like, yeah, you, gotta like, give you can't something. expect you can't expect that of them. Like they they they'll, they'll resent the song, even though it's made them all millionaires many times over. Right? Like, well, you're right. No, you're right. Prog rock was the first thing I thought of in terms of like it's weird, definitely like oh, intellectualism involved somehow. Yeah, you know all of I mean? the, all, everything that goes into this is that sort of amalgamation of all of the art rock that was happening in the seventies, mm. but because that didn't really last very long uh, before it just kind of like fell out of the mainstream. People were like nobody wants to listen to, you know, like ELP for like forty five minutes on radio. Mm. Like they're like that music is great, you know, and uh, and obviously influential, but some kids did. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, hey, man, like, I'm kind of weird and nobody likes me and I like denim. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I want to I make a band that, that rocks because in the 80s, what was happening in the 80s? You know, Metallica. Michael Jackson, Prince, like pop music was kind of like start rearing its ugly head again. And then even like the popular metal music that was happening, that was mainstream music, was very poppy, very arena, anthem-friendly stuff, Motley Crue. You know, like Poison, hair. yeah, yeah hair, hair metal, Bon Jovi, you know, ACDC, Death Leopard. Like, oh. there's, I'm not saying anything bad about those guys, but they're poppy. But like, they're yeah, I get you it. can sing along. That's like, right. it's not hard to get the juxt of like of an ACDC song. No, and the Death Leopard does not have 20 parts. No song. Pour it's just, some sugar. It's four four all the way three. Yeah, it, pretty much. Three. And then and you're like, wow, that's that's fun to sing along with. Meanwhile, Metallica is just like, you know, Master. No, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, like floating underneath the surface. But everybody knows that it's like that's the shit. Like people, that's what real metal is, mm-hmm. like or is going to become. Then that becomes the mainstream at the beginning of the '90s, and then that gets taken over by grunge music in the Seattle movement. And there's very clear parallels between that late period, how Metallica was recorded in the late '80s, and uh, including this record, and how Nevermind was recorded. Sure. Let's double up on all the guitars, double up on all the vocals, push the guitars super loud, big bombastic drums, simple bass parts, mm-hmm. an albino, a mosquito, a libido, you know, like, then yeah. it's like, I'm everything goes crazy, right? Yeah, so yeah. it's like this, I feel like 
in terms of like rock and roll music or rock music mm-hmm. and, and, and the height of its popularity, this is near the peak of a mountain, like uh, reaching the summit that was reached in 1994, 1995 by Nirvana. Okay. And then... And then everybody's sort of like, there's really been not a whole lot that's happened to since then the to change that. Because hip-hop was now like bubbling under the surface and saying like, now here we go. Black music is coming back. And now you, if you tune into the Grammys, you don't even see rock music being that's awarded, true. right? You're right. Okay, so there's sort of a linear progression from this song to... The demise uh, of rock. To, yeah, to Nirvana <laughs> and then the end of rock. I think so. And And... What's interesting to me is <laughs> I had a friend, <laughs> shout out to Stan. I'm shouting people out like crazy now. He probably doesn't listen to the podcast. His Facebook, he wrote Facebook status update yesterday that was that just made me laugh. He was like, for all the people that are now going to get into Nirvana, into Metallica because they heard Master Puppets on uh, Stranger Things, I want you all to die. <laughs> he, he was like, because I hate Metallica and I hate Stranger Things. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's funny. You know, I was like, that's a little extreme, bro. But, yeah. You know, but, um, but, again, what's interesting to me about what Stranger Things has done with this is that we were young when when yeah. Metallica came out. And this was an formative for us, you more so than me, but still there in the background for me. Yeah. And my daughter and people who are into Stranger Things are of the same age now as that we, we were, were then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. she's hearing Master of Puppets for the first time. So in that sense, it's equally as formative. Absolutely, in the, sure. In the same way that it, when we heard like I, Soul or something. I would say that it's even more formative because she's getting the double, this generation is getting a double dose because they're getting a uh, from a, a television program yeah. that is highly influential and highly popular. And then you know, they get a song and So they have like a double attachment to it. Exactly, and so, I. What does your daughter think of this song? Do you know? She likes it. Mm-hmm. I mean, she liked the Kate Bush song more. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But she is also now starting to listen to this kind of harder rock music, loud guitar stuff, mm-hmm. which is fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, in that sense, like, it's good. Yeah. Like, I mean, we should be happy to Stranger Things because it's 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 not a cute. A cutesy nostalgic thing that that's happening to my daughter it's real to her like master yeah. puppets is interesting yeah and she might get into metallica and metal or whatever in the same way we all did yeah at the time it was actually coming out and that doesn't make it any less valid in that sense it's not like i knew the band you know that thing like I knew yeah the band, I, oh i was there then yeah yeah that doesn't matter it's, well yeah like i'm a jazz musician like exactly. all my heroes have been dead forever you yeah know? it's just it's like, like well, well i be... saw charlie parker at blow so that makes me bigger more exactly it's just like yo know, like, exactly you don't get any bonus points for having been there no sense. you don't it's cool but it's, it may, yeah it's cool for, it's cool but it doesn't yeah and so, it's, <laughs> so i think it's good i love it i love it that you can have something that in a way at the time was so like Dungeons and Dragons also mm-hmm. was frowned upon and dangerous and now over 60 million people play it. Yeah. And yeah. so it's it's become popular in mainstream because in the end Metallica when they were recording Master of Puppets wasn't thinking gosh I hope nobody listens to this except for <laughs> a couple weirdos in their basement because yeah. I really we don't want the fame or the money we just want that one kid to get what we we're doing. We want that artistic credibility. Yeah. No, what they want is everyone to understand their artistic credibility. And now, guess what? It's going to happen. And it's and, and a whole new generation now is discovering their music, which is a beautiful thing about technology and about streaming. 
Uh-huh. Right. I wrestle a lot with the whole streaming thing because as an artist, I want to be paid for my music, but I also play jazz music, so I'm never going to really get paid for it. But, <laughs> but, but, you know, uh, Kate Bush is such a wonderful example of this artist who had their time and their place where they were relevant mm-hmm. and their success and, and, uh, we're cool with that and then all of a sudden out of nowhere a whole new generation of people two generations of people mm-hmm. are like oh this artist is fantastic and, yeah and beside like the money element of that is okay yeah great everybody wants to get a check for a half a million dollars but but also the recognition of of their art yeah. i think because i consider metallica to be artists sure 100%. and and I consider Kate Bush to be an artist. I don't necessarily consider every single person that we've talked about on the podcast to be artists. Definitely at, at that same level. Anyway. At that same, yeah, or at all. <laughs> <laughs> Big A artist. I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. just out capital there. A. Yeah, yeah. It's like be a musician or be a musician. Capital M. Mm. I tell my students that all the time. Like, yeah, you can, you can half-ass this. Yeah, it's easy to. Yeah. So, can put anyways, I. Yeah, this was definitely one for one that we had to talk about just mostly because because it's something that I think is a beautiful throwback and shout out to the actor who learned to play most of the song on the guitar during right. the filming of it. That's pretty awesome. And the person who did the close-ups was, that was another the guy. bassist's son. Was it? The Metallica, yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, his, now that is pretty son, damn which cool. Which is pretty cool. And he's a prodigy with guitar stuff from what I understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But I didn't so, know it was the basis. Yeah, it was the basis. That's a really Some nice. Guys, I don't know. Trillo, Trillo was the last name. Playing on, playing, mimicking the guitar solo that was played, written and played forty years ago. Uh, you know, yeah, how cool you know, is that? and his dad's now in that record. Is now in the band, and it's, it's crazy. Like that is such an interesting sort of whole scheme that 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 this. That this has uh, sort of rot. Yeah, it's yeah. all it's all good. Yeah, everything about this is good. Yeah, but I, I can understand when people don't like this kind of music though, because it is dark. It is aggressive. I mean, it, it's, again, it's visceral. not my favorite time yeah, music. Like, yeah, I, and, I had to be in a very specific mood to turn this on and, and have any fun. But I didn't to even. It. I I don't think I even listened to this for ten years. And then when the scene came up and he got up on there and played the first chord, I was like, he's playing Master Puppets. <laughs> and I was just, and I was, now nah, I was invested. I was already pretty invested because yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the series. But then I was just like, man, is he going to go through the whole thing? Yep. I was just like, good. Let's, let's, <laughs> Eight minutes of getting let's those do bats. It. Let's do it. Let's kill some Vecna bats. Yeah. Anyway, well, we'll play the whole thing. Eight minutes long. Strap the hell in. Yeah. Yeah. And enjoy this. Take some eye drops. Get a cut. <laughs> Yeah, put your stringy headphones on. Sit in a in a in a beanbag. Yeah, and tell your mom to fuck off. Make (laughs) a grilled cheese sandwich for later. Meatloaf, mom. (laughs) All right, all right. Well, here it is, Master Puppets. Bye. Bye.
Why Are People Listening to This is brought to you by the Black Box Collective and Outside the Lines Press. And it's produced by me, Jake Hanlon, and my friend, Justin Gregg. If you enjoyed the show, please give us a rating and maybe a review on the Apple Podcast Store. This is the number one thing you could do to help out the show, strangely enough. And it's simple and it's easy and you can do it right now. 